0: This is episode 15 of the Joyful Movement Show, and today we're talking about self-love. Or more specifically, how do you reach a place of self-love if you really don't love your body? Stay tuned. Hi there. Welcome to the Joyful Movement Show. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, mom, recovering dieter, and founder of Radiant Vitality Wellness. As a personal trainer with my own story of body acceptance, I've seen firsthand how diet culture influences the fitness industry and the damage it causes the women I work with keeping them on the start, stop, cycle, struggling to find motivation. It's now my mission to empower women to break free from torturous exercise, restrictive eating, and body shame. Stick with me and I'll help you discover what moves you so that you can tap into that burning motivation deep inside yourself and experience joyful movement, peace with food, and feel confident in your own skin. Are you ready? Let's lace up our runners, pop the earbuds in, and go for a walk while we chat. Hey friends, welcome back to the Joyful Movement Show. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm Kim, personal trainer, registered holistic nutritionist, and I'm on a mission to help women unlearn everything that they've ever known about exercise and food and help them figure out what moves them so that they can step confidently into their radiant vitality. So Valentine's Day is coming And in the spirit of love, I thought it would be fitting to talk about the concept of self-love and as an extension of that, loving our body. And I don't know about you, but I've struggled with loving my body over the years. And I felt really conflicted about this because it seems to me that there are two very opposing messages being preached at us in the mainstream media. On one side, we've got diet culture telling us that thin is good and fat is bad, that the way to achieve health, happiness, and self-acceptance is to lose weight and have a quote-unquote normal BMI, to be lean, fit, and attractive. In diet culture, fat is equated with disease, poor health, it's looked at with disdain and disgust, and people who live in a fat body are judged, stigmatized, and shamed. More on that in a little bit. Essentially, it feels like we're being told that if we don't conform to the thin ideal, that we don't deserve to love our body. And of course, with that comes feelings of shame and failure if we don't conform to that ideal. But then on the other side of this, we've got the body positivity movement, whose message is that all bodies are beautiful And it can feel like we should suddenly stop believing everything that diet culture has been telling us and find beauty in our cellulite, that we should love our muffin top, our wrinkles and our acne. We should love and accept every part of us and be confident and feel beautiful regardless of our size and how we look. And I don't know about you, but I wasn't able to make that switch right away. As much as I saw the beauty in the body positivity influencers, I wasn't able to internalize it for myself. That change in thinking seemed like a giant leap, like talk about all or nothing. After believing my whole life that there's one right way to look and spending years hating and trying to change my body... There was no way that I could just flick the switch and suddenly be in love with these parts of me that I've been ashamed of for so long. So this is what I want to explore with you today. And I want to give you some hope because I don't think it has to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be this one extreme or another. You don't have to love every part of your body, but you also don't need to hate it or change your body. There is an amazing middle ground where it's possible to have peace in your body and respect your body even if you don't love or accept it yet. So let's start by digging into both of these extremes. I feel that if we explore both sides and arm ourselves with knowledge, then it's easier to understand why they aren't working for us, why we have this struggle with this all or nothing thinking, and then it's going to be easier to embrace that middle ground. So let's start by talking about diet culture. Diet culture in a nutshell tells us that thin is best, and this messaging is everywhere. It's so widespread. Sometimes it's obvious, and other times it can be really sneaky. You know, we have the fitness influencers who show up on social media happy, strong, confident, and seeming like everything in their life is amazing. They show their before and after pictures or those of their clients, and it certainly seems like transforming their body transformed their whole life and solved all their problems. And they directly or indirectly tell us that if we work out and eat like them, we'll get a body like them, and we'll look and feel just as amazing as they do. What they're not showing you is the behind the scenes, what's really going on as far as the relationship to food or exercise. And you all know from my experience that in order for me to show those types of pictures in my past, I was engaging in disordered eating and exercise. And it actually makes me really sad and remorseful when I think of the damage my lifestyle and my messaging might have had on people back when I was deeply engrossed in diet culture. Now, I'm not saying that's true for all trainers at all. For some, it's just natural for them to have the body they do. But for it to be implied, or for you to assume that you can achieve that same ideal, that same body by doing what they do is totally unfair and unrealistic. And in actual fact, only one to two percent of women actually have the biology to support having that, quote, ideal body that the influencers are trying to sell Realistically, 98 to 99% of us physically cannot achieve or sustain this no matter what we do or how hard we try. And in terms of before and after pics, I'm going to boldly say that you're not seeing the real after picture because it's been proven time and time again that 95% of people who lose weight through restriction and excessive exercise, dieting behavior will gain the weight back and usually more. That was definitely true for me. And if I think of anyone I know who's lost weight in the past, it was true for them too. So then you say, well, what about health? Because we have all the nutrition experts and the medical community telling us that, quote, overweight and obesity, those are terms I don't actually like to use. But I put them in quotes because those are the terms that are being used out there that are the leading cause of disease, And in order to be healthy, you must achieve a normal BMI. Well, that's just simply not true. Higher BMI is correlated with disease, but it certainly doesn't cause it. On the contrary, what's well supported in the research is that thin or fat, it's the health seeking behaviors that you participate in that reduce your risk. And I'm not going to dive real deep into that one today, but stay tuned for a future episode because in a few weeks, I'm actually having a medical doctor, Dr. Maggie Landis, uh, come on and talk about this exact subject. And I'm really excited and looking forward to that. So stay tuned. Another sneaky way that diet culture makes us think that thin is better is in leading us to think that we will have a better body image if we lose weight. So we get the impression that we'll feel better about ourselves, we'll be happier, less obsessed, and more confident if we achieve a thinner body. And I'm here to tell you that's simply not the case. Body image actually has nothing to do with your size. How do I know this? Well, partly because I lived it, and also because 90% of women in North America don't like their body, and 50 to 60% are trying to lose weight at any given time, despite the fact that 90% of women don't live in large bodies. So this statistic is across all body sizes and shapes. So if it were true, that being thin equated to body acceptance then we wouldn't see a number like this. And if it were true that being in a fat body means you should have a poor body image, well, then we wouldn't have the body positivity movement, right? Size has nothing to do with how you view yourself. It's purely a product of your thoughts and your belief about fatness. I can say that from my own personal experience, you know, until I healed my thoughts about my body and my body image, you know, I struggled with how I looked at all different sizes, my belief about myself, my body image didn't change when I was at my highest weight and when I was at my lowest weight. My body image didn't change until I healed the thoughts that I had about my body. And you know what? The fact is, we really fear fatness as a society. There's actually a name for it it's called fat phobia, and it's the fear or extreme dislike of fatness. In fact, 80% of women actively fear gaining weight or getting fat. We fear fatness because we think it's unhealthy or ugly, and also because we see how people with large bodies are mistreated, and we don't want that for ourselves. We see how they are judged, bullied, and stigmatized against in so many ways, from where they can shop, to their access to medical care, to their food and movement choices, and so much more. And this is why only 1% to 2% of us can actually biologically look like the supermodel, but 80% of us desire to look like it because we're so afraid of the alternative And let me just say, I've said this before, but I'll say it again, I realize that what I'm saying here all comes from a place of thin privilege. You know, as a thin white woman, I don't have the lived experience of weight stigmatization. And I own that. But I do try to use my voice to advocate for inclusion and equality. And over the coming weeks, I've got a few guests coming on, and we're really going to talk about this in greater detail. So bear with me. And um, yeah, there's lots to learn on the whole concept of fat phobia and weight stigmatization that I'm really looking forward to diving in with you folks in the coming weeks. Okay, so that's the diet culture side. that explains our desire to be thin and hopefully shed some light on why that's not only necessary, but also harmful. So let's switch gears and talk about the body positivity side. And let me be very clear from the start that I love the body positivity movement. I am a follower, I have been um, impacted by the movement. I think that. Following and filling your mind with images of bodies of all sizes, shapes, ethnicities, genders, and abilities is so important for all of us to be able to break down stereotypes and prejudices and own our own internalized fat phobia by exposing our mind to diversity Dismantling the thin ideal by filling the media with diversity and normalizing all bodies is so important to destigmatize fatness and to build a culture of inclusion and compassion. However, a side effect of body positivity and the images we see when we look at the influencers on social media is that the whole movement still objectifies body. It still puts beauty and appearance as the focus. And in my opinion, really reinforces this belief that our worth is tied to how we look and beauty is the ultimate goal for a woman. And as an extension of that, if you're beautiful, whether you're fat or thin, then it's okay to love yourself. So we're left looking at these beautiful people and feeling like we must be like them. Suddenly we must flick the switch and fall in love with our muffin top. We must think our cellulite is beautiful. Be confident with our acne. Be proud of our scars. Not only do we need to stop trying to shrink and control our body, but now we need to be proud of it and start thinking our body is beautiful. Good luck. But here's the thing. I don't think the point of the body positivity movement is for all of us to love and accept every part of us or to suddenly find the things that we've disliked for so many years beautiful. I don't think that really needs to be our goal. It just keeps the focus on the external beauty and keeps your worth tied to your body's appearance. The solution is to find that middle ground. You don't need to hate or try to shrink and control your body. You can get let go of the weight loss battle and still be healthy and have a good body image. But you also don't have to swing right to the other side and immediately start loving your body. There's a happy medium and it's called body neutrality. Body neutrality focuses on appreciating your body for what it enables you to do, rather than focusing just on how it looks. It means seeing your body as a vessel through which you get to experience life, rather than an object that just needs to look pretty. So how do you begin the process to reach a place of neutrality with your body? Well, the first step is to be grateful. Take a minute and think of all the things that your body has done for you. Perhaps you've fought off a disease. Perhaps you had a broken bone that healed. Maybe you grew a baby in your belly or achieved a physical accomplishment like running a race or climbing a mountain, but don't negate the small things either. You know, everyday things like your arms allow you to give and receive hugs with your family, your loved ones. Your body allows you to experience intimacy with your partner Your legs allow you to move around. Your belly digests food. Every second of the day, your body performs a miracle by pumping blood through your body without you even thinking about it. Like seriously, take some time to be grateful for all that your body can do and all that allows you to do. Everything that you're able to experience in life from your career to travel to hobbies to your family, you know, you do that. Because you have a body that carries you around. So be grateful. Second step is to redefine your worth outside of your appearance. It's normal not to love your body. It really is. It's normal to have thoughts that certain parts of us are unattractive. I have these thoughts and so does almost every woman out there, even the body positivity influencers. The difference is how we react to those thoughts and what we make it mean about us. Even though I still don't love the look of my belly and I have this skin condition that I'm not super thrilled with, I know those things don't define me. It doesn't make me who I am and my worth or my value in this world has nothing to do with my belly or my skin. So who are you outside of your body? What lights you up? Where do your passions lie? What were you put on this earth to do? And if that's hard for you to identify, then try and think of how your best friend sees you, or your partner, or your kids, or even your coworkers or employee, or your employer. Who are you to them? Um, and you know, this is kind of an aside, and I, I didn't intend to talk about this today, but it just it came to my mind, and I think it's important to share. I used to work with this woman, a personal training client of mine, and she was a hoot. She was just hilarious and so fun to be around. And she came to me like most clients do for personal training because she wanted to lose weight. She wanted to lose about 25 pounds. Um, She'd talk about it a lot, you know, and she'd get really frustrated with herself when she struggled to lose the weight or she'd gain back the little bit that she lost. And it was this ongoing battle that took up so much space in her mind. And then she passed away. Well, actually, she was killed in a really tragic accident. She was only 52 and she left behind a husband and a teenage son. And I couldn't help but think at the time, man, is anybody caring about her extra 25 pounds now? Like if she had that time to do over, would she actually worry about that at all? And like I said, I didn't really intend to talk about that today. But and I don't mean to get morbid or depressing. But honestly, at the end of your life, the last thing anyone is going to care about is your weight. No one else you love is considering your weight when they consider your worth. So why are you? Okay, back to it. So the third step to reaching a place of body neutrality is rather than focus on loving your body, loving your body, instead shift the focus to respect. Because here's the thing. The fact is we're stuck with our body. We are in a lifelong relationship with this body of ours, and there's really not anything we can do to change our physique in the long term. And we might not love that, but we are still worthy humans and all humans deserve respect. You know, in any relationship, there's going to be times that you're frustrated, upset or dissatisfied with the other person. But I think you'd agree that you still care for them. You still respect them. You know, take your kids, for example, you might not love their behavior sometimes, but you're always going to love them or your partner, you know, they might irritate you from time to time, or perhaps there's even some issues that you fundamentally disagree on, but you still care and there's still respect. You still value them, even if they kind of drive you nuts. And that's where you want to get with your body. It's okay not to fully embrace your appearance or even to desire that your appearance will change. But that doesn't mean you need to punish yourself, you know, that you need to restrict food or diet or beat yourself up at the gym. You can still be kind to yourself. You can still move your body in ways that feel good and eat food that you enjoy, all as an act of self-respect. Even if you don't love yourself or love your body, you can still choose loving action by treating your body with kindness and compassion. And really watch that inner voice. Body respect means using respectful language towards yourself as well. Often, we as women say things to ourselves that we would never dream of saying to anyone else, nor would we tolerate it if someone said it to us. We are worthy of self-compassion and kindness. We are worthy of treating ourselves the same way that we would treat anyone else. And the final step towards reaching a place of body neutrality is to seek support if you need it. Moving from body hatred into body neutrality is certainly less of a leap than moving into a place of body love, but it's still work. I needed support when I did this work, and it's okay if you do too. Investing in coaching has been the best money I've spent throughout my life, and I've spent a lot of it. I've worked with coaches pretty much steadily for the last eight or nine years. I encourage you to reach out to a qualified professional if this is you, whether that professional is me or someone else you resonate, just know that support is out there and will make a huge difference. So I hope that this helps you think a little differently about self-love and more specifically make some sense of the whole love your body conundrum. I certainly encourage you to reach out to me with comments, questions, thoughts. I really do enjoy interacting with my listeners. You can leave me a DM on Instagram, or you can email me, or you can comment on any of the posts that I release about this podcast this week. I look forward to welcoming you back here next week, where I'll have a special guest with us. Alyssa Rumsey is a non diet dietitian, and she's coming to talk to us about her new book, Unapologetic Eating. We're gonna dig deep into some beliefs around food, weight, and fat phobia, and it's, it's a good chat. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you'll tune in. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Radiant Vitality Wellness, or you can learn how to work with me on my website at www.radiantvitality.ca. Be well, my friends, and here's to your Radiant Vitality. Hey, before you go... I just want to tell you how grateful I am for you. It means the world to me that you're part of our Radiant Vitality community. I've got a free gift for you. Head on over to my website and download The Motivation Secret, the simple mindset shift that will get you off the start-stop cycle for good. The link is in the show notes. And hey, if you enjoy this podcast, the greatest gift you could give me is to leave a review or share this episode with a friend. Your shares and reviews help move our show up the rankings on the podcast directories so that it can be seen by more women just like you who are ready for something different with fitness. Bye for now, friend.